Isaiah, is it okay if I come in? Yeah. Yes, then, come in. Yeah. Listen, kiddo, what you were just doing, which I had no right to interrupt without knocking. I'm sorry. But what you were doing was completely natural and normal and, and to, to be expected. And I just wanted to come in. Not to make it weird, but just to make sure you weren't feeling strange. There's nothing to feel strange about. It's something that everybody does. And everyone's entitled to their... Do you do it? Well, everybody does. So you do do it then? I mean, it's common. everybody and welcome to Generation Loss, a show about movies with me and Jeremy. It's the show about being gay with your dad. That's correct. <laughs> the show about being gay with your dad. Uh, today we watched a very special movie that I am a big fan of called The Strange Things About the Johnsons um, by Ari Aster, who later went on to uh, direct Hereditary and Midsommar to great acclaim uh but this is his first film and we're gonna get to it after we do yeah wait so <laughs> so hereditary and midsummer are, are is that the order they came out in hereditary yep. first and then midsummer it was his first feature <laughs> all right all right yeah, let's we're gonna get there we'll get there we'll get there well, how, how was your but week for now uh yeah what i i have to like uh retract a statement i made last week okay i have to issue a public apology you know as as a media figure which we are we are we're media figures we're podcasters we're well we have people who listen to us and and who take things we say seriously and i have to apologize for an irresponsible thing i said last week which is that elizabeth warren's dance was endearing and not lame i actually have to (laughs) retract that and say it sucked major ass uh and so does she and i Yes. I just Jer- have to apologize, Jeremy. everybody. Uh, her her <laughs> dance sucked, and uh, fuck her for dancing. Jeremy is very mad, as I, along with many other people, for Elizabeth Warren saying that Bernie Sanders is a sexist. Yeah, I'm mad at her for being a woman, and <laughs> I'm also mad at her for being a woman. <laughs> uh, I hate her pussy. Yeah, good yeah, Lord. that's the worst thing about her. Yeah, um, yeah. So yeah, I. I hate- Actually, since that episode, did watch the dancing, mm-hmm. and I don't know, seemed fine. I kind yeah, of but actually now you. it sucks. <laughs> yeah. Now it sucks. Now it sucks. I agree with you. It's fine and 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 slightly endearing for an old lady dancing, but actually now it sucks. Right, because she's a mean old lady. Because she's a mean old lady. She's yeah, a, and she's now a it's two faced old. Well, lady. it takes on the um, it takes on the vibe of like um the Bluth mother. Uh, winking oh yeah where you're like an old lady winking is one thing but when it's like a cruel old lady it's a different thing. yeah it's like fuck you <laughs> yeah no now now i think it was sarcastic dancing it's retrospectively shitty <laughs> <laughs> retrospectively you're a bitch for dancing yeah i don't i don't i don't like the dance now <laughs> anyway uh this week i watched uh ladybird okay i watched uh, the the greta gerwig wait, 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 but i thought you hate women i do hate women and that's why i didn't like you Lady didn't Bird. Li- oh okay <laughs> 
I feel I feel now that I've kind of like backed myself into a weird corner yeah, by opening this. You're a misogynist. <laughs> yeah, I watched uh, I watched Lady Bird last night because you know I'm trying to start getting brushed up on the Academy Award nominations for the year, kind of get caught up on all that, and I was going to watch Little Women. But before I do that, I was like, I should see the other thing she directed. So I, I checked out Lady Bird, which I, I missed the year it came out. And I got to say, I was like really not super impressed by it. The story of it is... Yeah, uh, so I haven't seen that. What is it? Yeah, so the the main thrust of it is uh, it's a teen girl named Lady Bird or calls herself Lady Bird. Her real name is like uh, Christine. Christine. Yeah, her real name is Christine. And... Uh, but she names herself Lady Bird, and it's about her growing it's up. It's her in, rap name. Her rap name is uh, Little Lady. Little Lady Bird. Little Lady Bird. <laughs> but it's like B R R R D. Yeah. Anyway, Lady Bird. Right yeah. Down. So Lady Bird is growing up in uh, California. She's in like um, Sacramento, mm-hmm. and she's like bored of her town. She hates it. She like goes to Catholic school, and uh, she wants to move to New York. I know you're you're yawning. You should have, uh, no. <laughs> should have just done it right into the mic. What? It's, <laughs> the thing about it is that it's it's good. It's competent. It's very stylish, but it just like doesn't really bring much to the table for me that like other coming of age movies don't already. What's a good coming of age movie? I mean, Dead Poet Society. I think is pretty good. Yeah, I've never seen that. I can't even think of like what a. I was like. I mean, John the, Hughes is that coming of age? Yeah, John Hughes movies are 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 coming of age, like The Perks of Being a Wallflower. That's more of a book, right? Is yeah, it is more of a book. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they made a movie. They made a movie out of a book, but yes. yeah. But the point is, I think maybe the problem is that I have come of age, right? And so for something for a coming of age movie to like be particularly interesting to me, I think it needs to do something more than be a good coming of age movie. Mm-hmm. And so part of me is like wondering why this got such praise when it came out. Maybe it is. Maybe are there very many because there's like Pretty in Pink is a coming of age movie about a girl. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sixteen Candles. Same thing. Like, I guess it deals so like pretty there's... frankly with teen girl sexuality, but then so does um, Juno. And uh, Eighth Grade. I didn't see Eighth Grade. Oh, yes, I did. Yes, I did. That's, <laughs> you forgot um... Bo, Bo Burnham. Oh, no, I didn't see that one. I was thinking of, um, what's it called? Thirteen? Oh, yeah, yeah. With the one the where, like, she starts, like, tongue. yeah, and she starts hanging out with, like, the bad girl, the and they start taking, ass, like, yeah. insane drugs. <laughs> yeah, let's do ketamine. Yeah, like, they go from, like, <laughs> weed to just, like, let's fucking huff duster and punch each other. <laughs> no, no, Eighth Grade is a more sweet movie. Yeah. Um, Did you like that? I didn't see it. It was fine. I, I kind of feel what the same way that you're saying about Lady Bird, which was, like, a, yeah, it's cute. It's cute. It it's a, a cute, cute coming of age movie about a girl who, you know, her mom's dead and the dad's sweet and trying to raise his little girl and she's like all of a sudden like has weird sexuality and mm-hmm. but it's like she's a little young for that and so she's also like I think the best thing about 8th grade is that she's like not attractive as a I mean she's like she's not, she's like a normal looking kid. Yeah. Is that is what I mean? Like she has like pimples. Right. And like she really looks like she's barely in high school. Yeah, Lady Bird like is very slick and very Hollywood in terms of like the casting. Right. And this is who's the ca- who's the girl? The girl is Cuz in the in 8th grade it's like a random no-name girl who is now sort of like, you know, that made her 
made her have a career but like eighth grade is very much about this girl who like she does like little youtube videos Mm -hmm. and it's so cringy like it's so believably a girl like hi guys uh youtube uh my dad did this at school and i don't know it really made me feel weird and like it's it's painful to watch in a in a fun way yeah um, so the the main character uh lady bird in this is um her name is shorshi 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 get out of here what the hell shorshironin or whatever yeah shorshironin isn't that girl like 22 now or something i feel like all of she's 25 so she would have been 23 when this was made that's not coming of age. That's yeah, well, out she, of college. Yeah, but I mean, she plays a 17-year-old. Right. In eighth grade, she's literally 12. And, and then it's awkward and weird and funny. Her main love interest is uh, Timothy Chalamet. Oh, my God. See, these are like fucking like... <laughs> Impossibly attractive people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like fucking uh, American apparel models. Yeah. That's always Timothy how- Chalamet, especially, you're right. That is right on the money. Yeah. And- <laughs> <laughs> It's so annoying because it's like these are. It's even more annoying is that like American Apparel hasn't been around for a while now. Yeah, but they had a specific thing. No, I know, but I mean like uh, people listening to this who weren't around when American Apparel was around will not get that reference. Oh, are we that old? You just need to know, folks at home, uh, Zoomers, like that is a dead-on fucking (laughs) (laughs) description of Timothy Chalamet's look. Yeah, and she or she. Do you remember when they started? This is a weird tangent, but do you remember when American Apparel started selling bedsheets? And um, Mm-mm. they started uh, so on their catalog page, you know, like T-shirt would be like hot guy in a T-shirt, you sure. know, underwear would be like hot chick in underwear. And then sheets would be naked hot chick wrapped up in sheets. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, show me a bed, you fucking uh, perverts. <laughs> <laughs> There's not even a bed. She's just in the sheets. I mean, she's maybe on a bed, but it's like. Fucking look at anthropology space. Yeah, like yeah. that's how you advertise bed sheets, you fucking freaks. <laughs> this isn't porno. Yeah, Dev Charney was a fucking insane person and uh probably a rapist. But um, <laughs> almost certainly a rapist. Almost certainly yes. a rapist. You can't possibly look at an American apparel ad and not think to yourself, like, this guy is raped. Yeah. <laughs> this man has raped. <laughs> this man has raped. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, like that, I really dislike that kind of stuff. I mean, mm-hmm. I think that's kind of why I didn't see it because I don't like the whole point of a coming of age story is that it's for adults to look back on their lives and be like, I remember those times. It's yeah. like kind of inherently reactionary and cloying, which is already like starting at a at a level I don't really care about or resonate with where it's like, I don't want to think about my awkward childhood unless you're going to say something really interesting about childhood. Mm -hmm. Um, But usually it's sort of just like, remember this sort of a hallmark kind of sensibility. And especially with Lady Bird, it looked like I was never a fucking wafy American apparel model. Like I was a fucking pimply mall goth you know what i mean like i want to say and that's why eighth grade was sort of enjoyable because it's like that's what she's like doesn't even have style right it's like before she even like understands what makeup or like clothes are mm-hmm. she's just sort of like trying to have friends and it's good it's it's a it's it is but it is still it can only ever be like oh yeah i remember that feeling yeah and <laughs> so it's, it's like it's, like, oh, it's for either that 
audience or it's for current teenagers to look at and be like i wish i was yeah that i wish i was this a... cool and then like try to imagine scenarios they're in as being that cool yeah it's a weird like it's a very weird fantasy yeah and it, i almost always feel weird about adults making those movies mm-hmm. <laughs> this is like what are you getting out of this as yeah. the creator of this i don't know the point is it just like it didn't really do anything for me it didn't really seem like particularly impressed like i think the style was kind of cool there's like a fun ending to it where she gets to new york you know the whole time she like wants to go to new york and then she gets there and there's kind of like some like emotional wrap-up shit where they're just like and now she doesn't call herself ladybird anymore now she calls herself christine again okay and she's like reconnecting with her faith now that she's in new york like with jesus yeah because she's like a catholic the fuck and then there's like something at the end where she's like asking a dude like do you believe in god and he's like no and she's like that's weird like (laughs) you're like all right whatever (laughs) but there is a cool thing where uh she gets there and it goes through this like weird like almost like slideshow once she gets out of new york it's like this like really rapid fire shot after shot after shot of just different things that happen to her while she's in new york and by this like point literal still shots uh no like short little like i wouldn't even call them vignettes they're even smaller than vignettes like it'll be her in her room and then her meeting a guy and then like her montage. like blacking out at a party but like it's a montage but they don't relate to each other necessarily yeah, yeah. it's just like everything that that happens in the next 10 years or, or like few years of her life i don't even think it's a few years like it's like a month <laughs> Okay. And uh, then how's the relationship with her mom? Because uh, I remember that's what people were talking about. Is that like the mom relationship was really, I guess. It's like really negative. They have a really negative experience <laughs> with one another. And like she, the end of it is her leaving like a, a answering machine message for her mother. Okay. So and I there... don't think that ever resolves. I may be wrong. I watched it last night. This is how well <laughs> it's stuck in my head. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it sounds just like this sort of, honestly, the kind of shit that like, people who work for buzzfeed like you know it's like that's that shit i don't like that's that shit i don't like it's fine i'd give it like two out of five stars maybe (laughs) so not really a recommendation no i wouldn't recommend unless you really were a a a wafy um yeah manic pixie dream girl as a kid and want to relive that moment yeah i mean i guess if you're if you're feeling sad about being an adult (laughs) and you just want to like remember how much being a teen kind of sucked too Mm -hmm. it's good okay whatever what did you watch uh so i watched a movie called underwater yes um by tj miller uh, yes yeah we talked about this movie in our um january trailers bit where we looked at all the shit they were dumping and um this movie has pretty bad reviews it's got like a 50 on rotten tomatoes i think yes big splat um, so why did you go see it? So me and my friend months ago were having a conversation about how much we like Kristen Stewart as an actor. Yeah. When she's used well in like Camp X-Ray and like right. lots of weird small movies that she's done. I don't even think um, she's that bad in Twilight. Well, she saw has the first nothing one, to but do. Like, I mean, she just looks scared and turned on the whole movie like sure she's not terrible but she's yeah it doesn't mean the first like 10 or 15 minutes of the first twilight movie if they'd made that the whole movie would have been a good movie just them falling in love and no not even before she like even meets him just like when she has to move back to that town 
and there's sort of this like weird dynamic between her and the people in the town because the people in the town know her dad but they don't know her but she kind of has to like find a way to blend into this town by almost like taking on her father's role in the town like it's an interesting story about moving to a place and then they (laughs) add a vampire to it and you're like like, why all right (laughs) i don't want this yeah i don't know but she was just like do you want to see this movie i want to see this movie and i was like oh I was just making fun of it on my show, but yeah, sure. I'll watch it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, my friend wanted to see it and, um, I went in fully expecting it to be trash. The reviews are bad. They were like, doesn't have enough steam to get, you know, it about what you would think for what it looks like. Right. Um, and, uh, I had a really good time with it. It's yeah. super fun. Um, so what's the basic story here? So, so, so the, Here's the thing about the movie is that it very clearly wanted to be better than it was. And there was some studio interference that makes it a little bit shitty Mm -hmm. because the opening and closing credits are like newspaper articles that are like floating by and like shit is getting highlighted of like, you know, plot points that you're supposed to know. Like there's no way the director put this in the movie. Right. Because the movie begins with Kristen Stewart on some kind of drilling huge encampment it's basically in the at the deepest point underwater like seven miles down there's this sci-fi enormous city yeah of like drilling um okay like there's this huge structure seven so it's like a like a sea lab sort of thing yeah yeah and they're drilling for oil okay um and it's a comp a private company is drilling for oil damn that's bleak yeah that like it's the future enough that there's like underwater cities yeah but it's not the future enough that we're not using oil yeah no no <laughs> it is a it is a capitalist company uh-huh. and they are f- basically the the fucking like newspaper shit implies like it's covering up like all of these weird things and like okay. people are dying but like are there people still living on the surface yeah 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 i mean Yes. So it's not like we've destroyed the earth to the point that like we have to live underwater. I had no, 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 no. There's there. It's only the people who work there down mm-hmm. there, but it's like a big sprawling like base. Mm-hmm. Um, and they all have are clearly like engineers and divers and like people with specialties, right? They're like have a captain or whatever. The movie begins with her brushing her teeth in the middle of the night. And then the part th- that she's in just starts collapsing okay. and she's just running and then like trying to wake up her team and then like it just immediately gets going right and you think it's like a dream or something because there's a shitty clearly added voiceover at the beginning where she just says like man you never know like what you know when you're underwater it's like you lose track of the days you're either dreaming or awake yeah um and so you think it's going to be a dream the whole movie, but it never is. So it's right. like clearly added later. There's also a shitty uh, voiceover at the very last like 30 seconds of the movie. Mm-hmm. And then more newspaper bullshit and a fucking pop song. <laughs> um, but like the movie that is in the middle of those really shitty bookends yeah. is like extremely tight. Okay, It's like one of the most like fucking crispy action movies, like horror horror action movies I've ever seen. Right. Like it's... It begins and like this hallway is just exploding and like being crushed by the pe- pressure, like something gets depressurized yeah. and like. And is that what the whole thing is? Basically, it's just it's a malfunction in the thing, or is there at some point there's like a some point it's monsters. Okay, there are weird sea creatures underneath that are just trying, just not really trying to eat them or anything, just like fucking up their base because they're mon- like they don't 
seem to be aliens or anything. They're just down there because yeah. it's seven miles down. I mean, spoilers, I guess. No one's no one is wanting to see this movie. Yeah, so no I one's feel seeing like this. I'm I'm telling you that it's cool. At the end, it's Cthulhu. Like it's literally an enormous monster that uh-huh. is like come and is just like fuck this and he's just like an animal you know he's yeah. just like it's this weird eldritch horror that is just like fuck the drill I hate mm-hmm. this um, and then the whole movie from the very opening shot to the very end is them trying to make a plan to get to the surface okay and they're just like shit is breaking down all around them and they like roll out a map and they're like okay we can go here. And we can take the elevator down here, and then we're going to have to walk on the bottom of the ocean mm. in our, like, crazy, like, StarCraft metal suits Okay. Um, to this other base, and then we can take pods up. And that's the whole movie. Right. And, like, them trying to do that plan. And it's fucking horrifying in places. Like, uh-huh. it's so scary and tense and very anxiety-inducing. Yeah. Um, so and, why and do the you best think... part about the movie is that the acting is incredible. Yeah. It's so surprising because I was expecting it to suck, right? And like even TJ Miller is such a believable character, like mm-hmm. as a just an asshole guy. Yeah, he's who, very like, good as an actor. Yeah. And he like he like the first thing he says to Kristen Stewart is like this dumbass, like um he calls her flat chested like Mm -hmm. he's just like a big asshole all the time but like by the time he dies you're like fuck that guy no (laughs) we need him for his stuff yeah yeah, Um, whatever his like because like they all have yeah exactly and uh but she's incredible like the two women in there's an asian woman who's like sort of her friend she's just like constantly freaking out the whole movie she sort Mm -hmm. of is the lambert character in alien where she's just like screaming um but she's so believably scared. Honestly, like the acting is sort of so naturalistic. It was surprising. Right. Like to see a ho- a big Hollywood movie that wasn't like, get your head on soldier. We're going to make it. You know, they're just all sort of like saying very normal stuff and like being real believable people. It mm-hmm. feels like alien in that way. Like what they did steal from alien was incredibly believable characters with an incredibly lived in scenario like the art direction is so good yeah like it feels like people have been doing work in this like just destroyed thing like they'll go through like water and they'll just be like moon pies and chips and yeah, pencils yeah, yeah. and like that's the kind figures. of shit i like to see in that sort of thing yeah and i was just constantly surprised at how well they were doing it every moment yeah. of the movie yeah I I I really think they they just got fucked. I think they got fucked by T.J. Miller. It really felt like they just were like, shit, we can't make this a summer movie because everyone will be, it'll be like all over Twitter. So we're yeah. just burying it. What a fucking shame. I know because it's not. I mean, God. it's not. It's nothing. You know, this is. I I don't want to be. I mean, this is about a seven on my scale. Like a yeah. seven out of ten. Like there is nothing new in this movie. Sure, the creature would have been like a good fun blockbuster. Yeah, it propelled Kristen Stewart to like get more better roles. Definitely, and I think, and I think it was a lot of fun. And I think the creature effects are really cool. Yeah. they look awesome. That's surprising because one of the things that we talked about after we taped that episode was that they didn't show them. Well, but that um, this movie kind of like wrapped a week or two before T.J. Miller did his like bomb threat thing. Yeah. And that was kind of when all the cards started to fall on him. Mm-hmm. And that was when it all kind of collapsed. And so I was su- I'm surprised that the visual effects are any good because it feels like the moment he was like fully canceled, they would have been like, oh, well, we, we 
just shouldn't put any money into this movie. Yeah. Because I, like any any too. post, you know, any post processing, any sort of like after effects type of shit, like why would you spend money on it if you know that TJ Miller is in the movie? Well, I think the thing about it is that there's so you hard you almost don't see the monsters at all mm-hmm. until the very end of the movie, like the last 20 minutes. Kind of like um signs. Yeah, kind of like signs. Yeah. You like you see little because they're underwater. There's no lights, right. so they just have like these weird flashlights on their help on their suits. The constant managing of the suits is really fun and like realistically like they kind of all of the stakes are always set up and then they always like fall at the right times. Um, but you can only see their like weird little faces and bodies and stuff, and it's like really creepy. Yeah. Um, and then when you see the big one. That one sort of just looks like a normal Avengers sort of thing. But I was just like, oh, it's Cthulhu. Awesome. Yeah. Like, <laughs> cool. I've always wanted to see Cthulhu on screen in a cool way. It, they do a really good job. I thought it was... Yeah, so you'd recommend it? it I would recommend it if you want to see a sort of aliens or alien remake, basically. That basically, if someone said alien but underwater, mm-hmm. and then you were like, well, that seems contrived. Well, but every good thing about Alien. Yeah. So it's like, it's not, it doesn't reinvent the wheel. There's nothing better about it than Alien or even really as good in terms of inventiveness, mm-hmm. but just like, it is that and the best version of that. It's just, like, they, they did exactly what, they did everything they could with the idea of Alien Underwater. Yeah. Um. So, I mean, definitely if you want to get a little scared and see some like, if you're just like kind of a sci-fi nerd or sci-fi junkie and you're just like, because I didn't even know it was going to be sci-fi. Yeah. I thought it was going to be like kind of current day like oh they're under uh, like deep blue yeah yeah exactly um i thought it was going to be just like divers underwater Mm -hmm. but it's like they have weird tech and like all the all the computers are sort of like a little futuristic and like sort of like retro futuristic because they all have like terminals and like she's always open because she's a mechanical engineer and she's like always opening stuff and like fixing it so it's like a a pretty cool sci-fi movie so then like even so if you're like into sci-fi you'll probably like it if you want to see like a, a scary sort of thing or whatever. But like the real question I have is if you're just like a standard movie goer mm-hmm. and you just want to see something in January. <laughs> yeah. Is I this mean, like, do you think this is probably the best January pick? What's out? I don't even know. I mean, of the things we watch. Oh, everything else looks for. terrible. I mean, this didn't look good either. I thought it was going to be so bland yeah. and so boring uh, and it's not. It's 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 very fun, and I had a great time with it. I was surprised, and it. I want I've, the director of this movie is on Twitter, and he only has four thousand followers. <laughs> and I was like, please release a version of this movie where without like the dumb studio bullshit at the beginning and end, because uh-huh. it like would be such. A, it would like honestly make it an eight in my opinion if they had the balls to like release it with like no explanation. Yeah, that that they're. Because you get it. You get it as the movie goes on that it's like, okay, they're down here. They're drilling. They're trying drilling for oil. Uh, they're just workers and that they've been covering this stuff up. And like all of that stuff is revealed later on in the movie. Right. But you just open with terror <laughs> um, and then it just doesn't stop. So I, I would love for people to tell 20th Century Fox that this is a decent movie. And I hope it gets like some good... Um, you know, play on the video market. Like I hope yeah. people f- kind of becomes a little cult classic because it's, it's pretty nice. And, you know, Kristen Stewart does a great job. Everyone does a really great job. It's a shame that they kind of 
dumped it. Yeah. This is what I was saying when we first talked about the January. It's like, yes, they dump all the shit, but they also dump stuff that they don't know how to market. And sometimes having an incredibly canceled actor in your movie. (laughs) Means you don't know how to market Who's the second person to die, by the way. He's not even like in the last half of the movie. Um, So they could have been like, I don't know. They could have snuck it. They could have they could have cut that trailer a little better so that yeah surely one other person in the movie says underwater <laughs> yeah because that's the thing is like it's it's there's that moment where it's he's like, he's like it's pulling me underwater <laughs> and yeah. you're like which it should have been cut out of the movie honestly it's like a, it's like oh yeah you should have titled it something else I don't know whatever yeah well if you're in an underwater scenario you're gonna say the title of the movie all the time yeah yeah um, um so it's not it, one of those ones where it's like wow this truly was a Star War. <laughs> yeah it's not like that um i don't know it's fun it's a it's a good little movie it doesn't deserve any of the vitriol it's getting like the 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 very bland critic scores i don't really get because it's like very serviceable it's it's lots of cool looking shots it's because you need to well made if you're a critic you need to do that just shit on stuff well no well hey yeah you're part of the take economy you need to have Mm -hmm. something that you're shitting on at any given time but also, T.J. Miller's in the movie. Like you can't, you, you can't, can't like do it. it. <laughs> like you, you just can't go out there and say that you like it. It's just not going to work. Well, I am busting down the doors. <laughs> I'm standing <laughs> up for all the little people who liked Underwater. <laughs> I am standing up for T.J. Miller. That's right. I'm defending T.J. Miller and his career. <laughs> I would like to see him. No, actually, I find him extremely annoying, and I always disliked him in Silicon Valley. I mean, yeah. he's like, he's supposed to be annoying, and I get that. Right. But it was too, too annoying. <laughs> That's the thing about him is he's really good at doing that, but mm. when you're really good at doing that, you're inherently an unlikable person. Yeah. I hate him. Yeah. But would watch this movie again, honestly. I'd watch it with a friend, be like, oh, you haven't seen this movie? kind of rips. Yeah. And like toss it on. All right. It's a fun movie. I would recommend it. So let's get into uh, the movie we watched. Yeah. So this week we watched The Strange Thing About the Johnsons, which is, as I said at the top of the show, Ari Aster, the director of Hereditary and Midsommar's uh, student film. It's about 30 minutes long, uh, and it is fucking insane. (laughs) Yeah. So just a little background on this episode. We had kind of like a little scheduling kerfuffle Mm -hmm. with... um, uh, our guests for next week so we ended up kind of here uh ready to tape but we couldn't tape so we we watched this because it's a half hour long and we were like what's something we could just watch together real quick and yeah. do an episode on this is the first thing we've actually ever watched together yeah <laughs> except um, for lane <laughs> this um was insane yeah so just a little more background i've seen this movie i loved this movie when i when it came out when it was in like 2011 um and Jeremy had never seen it. Yeah. Never heard of it. He hasn't seen any area. I haven't seen, yeah, I haven't seen Hereditary. I haven't seen Midsommar. Uh, this is the first thing I'm seeing from this filmmaker. <laughs> Which is great. I mean, this is insane. Yeah. And this guy should go directly to jail. <laughs> <laughs> this is like, I... So, uh, just spoilers. We're going to recap this short film. Yeah. Um, I, I kind of threw jeremy into the deep end with this because i didn't tell him what it was about but we're gonna tell you what it's about i got some sense that it was gonna be 
wild fucked up uh just because of how it was introduced to me was like oh i'm interested to see what your immediate reaction to this will be (laughs) um so the 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 plot of this is uh like we kind of we kind of open on a a a boy uh a teen boy jacking off in his bed that's right and his father comes in and and uh, says to him like, "Hey, it's okay that you're jacking off. There's nothing wrong with that. In fact, jacking off is normal." And he's like, "Dad, do you jack off?" And he's like, "Jacking off is normal." Yeah. Uh, and that's the opening scene. And then we see uh, what he was jacking off to is a picture of his dad. Yep. <laughs> and you're like, "Well, that's something." <laughs> that's weird. That's weird. And Shouldn't what's even weirder <laughs> is that the picture that he has of his dad looks like a like a professional like headshot mm-hmm. like it looks like an actor's headshot right well um, he is a poet so he's maybe a poet like yeah like his... so you would you find it later so i guess it makes sense he'd have a a press shot anyway we cut forward to the future and he's getting married the son mm-hmm. and uh, he's at his wedding day and then his dad is in the picture with them and they're taking a big wedding picture of the two families and he squeezes his dad's ass and you're like okay so they're still uh, there's still <laughs> something going on there <laughs> Yep. And then what happens? The mother catches him sucking his dad's dick. Yep. And then uh, later... <laughs> yep. It's just... It's it's a series of this, it's a basically. Seri- is so like, basically the movie slowly... Yeah, you're of kind of catching a pattern you, here. <laughs> makes you understand that the son has been f- raping his father yeah well so um, that's that's a later reveal though because for a while you're like well is it like uh is it them together right. uh but then it starts to get more and more uncomfortable and you start to sense that the father isn't totally keen on it and then there is just straight up a scene where he he the so father is writing a book yeah. about this and he's trying to confess to everybody via a book called cocoon man called cocoon man and uh his he's trying to hide it from his son and you're like okay so he's there's something going on there where he's worried about his son Mm -hmm. and then the son finds out about it and like revenge rapes him yeah and then from there you're off to the races and you're like yeah no he definitely this is this is a rape scenario this is not like a yeah they're not in love with each other this is a this is bad uh and then i mean it would be bad probably either way but it's it's way worse it's way worse (laughs) it's it's substantially worse (laughs) yeah and Um, then what's the then it's then he uh so as you sort of like uh you know establish that the son has this weird domineering control over his whole family um the dad sort of makes another attempt to because the the kid finds he's an adult now the son finds the manuscript and is like if you if i ever see this again it will be worse than a slap on the wrist like i'm you know i'll basically punish you um and uh the dad tries again pulls it out from under a floorboard and tries is going out to give it to somebody but he doesn't know the son's still there um this is over probably the course of like weeks um but it's all yeah, sort it's of, around new year's yeah yeah and uh the dad runs into this oh yeah the son gives this long speech about like he's like this isn't basically completely gaslighting yeah him oh doing, yeah like, that's, super abusive that's kind shit. of the big moment is he he says to him like this isn't about me being an abusive piece of shit this is about us together right you know everything i do i do for you i love you this is what it's been about the whole time and then uh the father runs out into the street gets hit by a speeding van 
uh, and dies. Dies, yeah. And then uh, the son is very weirdly trying on his dad's clothes. Yeah. In 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 a in his study, and the mother kind of confronts him about it and is like, "Why on your prom night was your father crying?" And he's like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" And then they. Basically, she just accuses him and sort of says, like, I know what you were doing. And um, she slaps him. They started having a scuffle. And she um, picks up a fire poker and kills him. Yeah. um, In a very intense scene. And then she throws away the manuscript. Yeah, she burns it. And that's the the end. And that's the end of the film. (laughs) What What was your immediate feeling? So there's a very... Oh, we didn't mention they're black. And they're black, yeah, and they're black. If that's if that's important to anybody. Well, it's funny because I think Ari Aster did not think that it was important. He, I think, so in. I watched this movie. Sorry, just not let you answer what your immediately thoughts. Yeah, were, no, but, it's fine. <laughs> I'll give you. T- I'll give I'm you a still second. Them. <laughs> yeah. So this movie came out in 2011. Uh, it went to Slam Dance. It was very weirdly received people thought it was either incredible and brilliant or just vile and disgusting um and then it was put online um and had very much the same reaction but kind of went viral in as much as things went viral in 2011 which was not that much fair amount i mean like you're already past uh like numa numa guy gangnam style but i don't think it was anywhere near that big i think it was just like wikipedia says it was viral but like basically like film kids saw it yeah it was viral among short film people yeah it was a very popular short film online which is (laughs) you know who knows how big that is (laughs) whatever that Um, means yeah so i watched it and i thought it was i was in the this movie is incredible camp and so i've read a lot of interviews with ari aster about this movie um and one of the things he said was that like Basically, I believe the casting was like they found this actor who was very good and they were like, we'll cast this person. And then it was sort of like, well, he's black. So, of course, his son would be black. And like, yeah. and then like they, they just ended up having a black family and people were like, you can't do that. You're white. And he was like, I don't think it matters what their race is. Sure. I and, mean, I think that there's legitimacy to having a grievance about it, at least. Sure. I well, I, th- I think that... I think the only... if Because there's a difference between a white director making a movie about a black family and that black family is like the Winslows, you know? And, <laughs> and, and, and it's, you know, what was that show called? The, family Matters? Yeah, Family Matters. And it's Family Matters, right? Mm-hmm. There's a difference between making Family Matters as a white guy and making the sh- the the movie where the son rapes the dad. <laughs> you know, there's definitely like yeah. whether or not there's any legitimacy to any claims of him, you know, doing this as like a as a racist act. I could definitely see how you could look at it and be like it is weird that a white guy made a movie about a black family where the son rapes to- the dad. Totally. I think I think But it also would be weird if a black guy made this movie yeah. because this is a weird fucking movie. <laughs> yeah. And I think I think there were there were multiple black critics who really appreciated this movie. Yeah. And um it, you know because it's not about quote unquote like black culture. He wasn't trying to make any sort of statement about race. Yeah. If anything there one of the most notable things about it is that th- there's like almost no trace of culture in it 
Yeah. Like the black family. They're upper middle class. They're like rich. They're like, um, it's like a family of Carltons. Yeah. They have like a very like, like the way that people look back on the 50s sort of vibe about them. Yep. Where it's like nobody ever was actually like this. Like, the, like it's like a leave it to beaver yeah. family. Because the point of the movie is that there is things lurking um, underneath happy families or this sort of facade of like the fifties, right? Right. Like the idea is like, there's taboo things happening to all kinds of people. And this is one of them. Um, And so I don't know. I I personally, I mean, I'm not black, but I don't have a problem. I don't think it's racist for him to do it. It is very weird. It's a weird choice. It's, (laughs) Um, but everything is a weird choice in this. And that's kind of what I keep coming back to is like, there isn't you there's no legitimacy to making a claim of it being a weird choice when it's in a sea of much weirder choices yeah (laughs) you know like it's definitely in the in the list of things that were weird to do in this movie yes i think casting a black family is like maybe fifth (laughs) (laughs) right as a white guy like as, as if you're a white guy making this movie I don't know. I think probably Ari Aster's feeling was like, it would be more racist of me to be like, I'm not giving this part to this guy because then I'll have to cast a black family. Right. And it's like, well, I don't know what you do in that situation. Yeah, uh, but it's, it's a part it's, of again, the, it's like, it's a part of the discussion of the movie and you kind of have to acknowledge it. And there's just no, there's no version of this. That's not <laughs> fucked up is the thing. Like, right. even if it was a white family, like, I don't know, man, it's, <laughs> It's weird. It's a right. weird fucking movie. If it was a if it was a white family, no one would talk about it at all because it's there's so much else to talk about. Yeah. Um yeah, and so I think for me, I think the reason I thought it was very interesting is because he sort of was like what's an idea? So he did sort of talk about this as like a troll uh-huh. a little bit of like what can I not make here at AFI? This yeah. this school that is about um preparing you for hollywood and like you know making you make a, a successful movie yeah um, and um what having long spooky hair <laughs> what afi oh right yeah <laughs> follow me into the widest lace yeah. uh, <laughs> um, and i think he was sort of just like what what can i not make here and i think that's a very kind of trolley boundary pushing edgelord thing to do yeah but i think once he landed on what he was going to do, um, I think what's interesting about the movie and why it's not sort of a weird shock thing is that he takes it very seriously. He's like, this is a movie about incestual rape. And yeah. I'm going to treat it seriously and kind of delicately. I mean, it's like, it's so over the top taboo, but like he doesn't put it in your face in a sort of like, aren't you so offended oh sure yeah no it's not like this isn't a trauma movie yeah you know like when i say what like if you haven't seen it when we're saying you know he rapes his dad or he sucks his dad's dick or the mother murders him you know these things are very barely shown yeah it's like you'll see like the slightest hint of what's going to come or what just happened and that's it. You see her swinging the the fire poker, but otherwise, 
you don't see no, blood. There's no like, lingering shots of violence, or I think the only blood you see is on the back of the father's head after he gets hit by the by the the van. Yeah, but otherwise, this is a very restrained film about raping your dad. Yeah, <laughs> which is, I think, the way to go. <laughs> Like, because it would, whatever point he was trying to make wouldn't have resonated at all if he didn't treat these people like real people. Right. And try to make, try to really get to the, to the core of what do people who are going, because like, it's, it's not a thing that has never happened probably, right? So it's like he, he sort of just takes this idea and being like, okay, well, what does it feel like? I'm going to make a movie about the most horrific feelings you yeah. can imagine. Well, and you have, you know, I don't necessarily imagine that the dynamic is terribly different when you're talking about a son who can overpower his father versus a, a spouse who can over who can overpower his you know his spouse right yeah it's what you're talking about essentially is abuse still it's still like, abuse the thing that made that last uh monologue kind of stand out for me and when i was like oh that's just what this is about we're not there's nothing else coming this is what it's about you know right. was how much it just sounds like a shitty dude talking to his girlfriend like you've seen in a million of this type of thing but about a man and woman yeah and i think what i think what makes this movie for me so successful is under not only sort of putting the sort of like oh okay we all know the sort of tropes of abuse sexual abuse right yeah um because we've seen those in movies but then taking that a step further and being like well they are you know the fact that he's the son and he's the dad compounds on the shame that the dad feels and compounds on him not being able to tell anyone you know because i feel like there's a certain level of like if you're a woman who's in an abusive relationship um you can kind of tell your friends you can tell your doctor you can tell you know like you can confide in people yeah it's but difficult, this guy is completely but, isolated yeah and like the title of his memoir cocoon man is like a li- you're like sort of like what that's weird title at first but it's like you kind of start getting it yeah as the movie goes on and it's just because the truth about this movie is that you're watching it and you immediately laugh because you don't know what else to do yeah and then it like slowly makes you feel like just gross and you're like fuck yeah, exactly. like definitely. There was a point at the beginning, like the first time when the son is jacking off and you see him holding the picture of his dad, I laughed. Yeah. And then when he's when uh, feels he grabs like his ass, he laugh. And because it, it's, I mean, I think that's intentional. I think it is supposed to be kind of funny at the time. Like it is comedically timed the way that the camera pans away from the dad leaving over to his hand and then you see him hold it over and it's a picture of him. Yeah. You're meant to laugh at that. Maybe. I think you are. I think it's I think it's deliberately made that way and then over the course of time you're meant to be like oh no like he's not letting me off the hook. Yeah. That's the thing. Exactly. It's, it's the filmmaker doesn't let you off the hook. Yes. And at some point you're like it just beats you into submission to the point where you're like no I am just watching a movie about a, a, a guy raping his dad. An incestual abusive relationship and then you're sort of like that's what i think is so interesting about the movie is like it makes you ask the question is like why is this funny why was this ever funny and it's like it's not scolding you it's just asking the question and sort of like taking this thing very seriously because the mother is an incredible actor Mm -hmm. like when she first sees at the wedding 
like her reaction of like abject horror because yeah. it's, it's such it's such a hard thing to do because right. she like sees the son like forcefully making out with the dad and then him going down on him uh like through a hole in a fence and uh that was that's the first moment for me in the movie where it's like this is not funny right this is not being played for laughs this is this is someone seeing something that is the most shocking thing you can imagine. Yeah. And no, like, there's nothing like as, <laughs> as that character in that like scenario of like living her life, yeah. like there's nothing worse <laughs> you could have seen behind that fence. I don't think. Yeah. And she does an incredible job looking like she just saw hell. Yeah. Like, you know, she just puts in a great performance and then through the rest of the movie, the, the, when there's a moment where the son like violently rapes the dad, uh, but it's off screen. Right. And she's in the room and she's just like watching TV and like turning the volume up so she can't yeah. hear it. Like just realizing what's happening and ignoring it because she doesn't know what else to do. Like she can't go in there and stop it. What is she going to do? Call the police? Or yeah, like, it's if he's sort like of hard overpowering to... the father, like he's yeah. definitely going to overpower you. Yeah. So it definitely has all of these questions of like uh, power differentiation and like dominance and like people's roles as family members and what happens when one person like doesn't do their job or like <laughs> you know what i mean yeah uh and it presents it all in this nice little like 30 minute thing i think the only thing that i dislike about it is the sort of um quick death scene i feel like that s- feels to me now a little cheap it's a little cheap what kind of amplifies the cheapness of it as a plot device is the fact that the shot itself looks really cheap i think that it just overall is kind of a catastrophic scene (laughs) yeah Yeah, that one doesn't work i think and Uh, it's it's a shame because the son and the mother really are continuing to give it their all yeah they really do react to the father's death and i think otherwise it's a very like i don't know if i'd say it's like super like notable how well it's shot I think it looks good most of the time. I like that it's on film. That looks really nice. Oh, yeah. Um, Most of the time, it looks fine. There's a couple angles I saw where I was like, I wouldn't have chosen that one. Yeah. Like when he's going into the, when he's knocking on the bathroom door and it looks, it's almost like, it's like a Dutch angle, but it's like really sharp and it's like, uh, it almost looks like a, like a security camera Mm -hmm. and you're like, I don't think I would have chosen that one. Yeah. There's a few things that you're like, oh yeah, this is a student film. Yeah. But shockingly, most of it, not really. Yeah. Like I think what's so impressive about it is how well it's acted for a student film and how good it looks for a student film. To me, it kind of feels like watching Bottle Rocket. Yeah. Like, because with Hereditary and Smooth Samar, like, you really, start, you really start seeing what he can do. Mm-hmm. I know you haven't seen those, but he really starts developing a, a pretty interesting style, and you see, like, little pieces of those, that style in this movie. Yeah. Um, I think, but yeah, to, to go back to that scene, like, so what happens is he, he runs out the door, uh, out into the street to run away, clutching his book, and then this van speeding down the street strikes him 
it's I understand why it's there yeah. and I understand why you need to just kind of like to, to make it a short film you need to quickly kill him off to get to the next thing and it's one of those places like you said where like you could see that this is a student film because he didn't have the budget to to make that look any good so it's a sped up shot of a van going down a street yep. it's a suburban street there's no reason why the van would be yeah, going 100 miles an hour <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely a uh it's it's whack it's not good yeah uh and I think it would have been just as effective and easy to have him just trip on the stoop on the way out and just slam his head into the concrete. Yeah. Or, and I didn't think about this because I always felt a little bit like that scene was out of place and mm-hmm. it didn't work. And it's the worst thing about this short film. It doesn't ruin it for me, but it it's definitely not the best part of the movie. Yeah. And, uh, but I always, I just thought about it. I never really thought about what he could have done better. She's like, oh, he could have killed him better. Yeah. But I realized how much better it would have been if when he comes down the stairs, he also had like a pistol. Right. And then when the guy, when the son like gives him that long speech, instead of like pulling the gun on him, just kills himself. Oh, I thought he was going to kill himself the whole time. Yeah. That's the thing is it's the, the other thing that I kept kind of chuckling to myself about is that he's writing a fucking novel as a suicide note. Yeah. Like that the cocoon man is so big yeah like, i can't express 300 pages enough. it's a huge book <laughs> it, it has to be like yeah 300 at least well pages. that's what he says in the in the movie the oh he does is like all 300 pages of it yeah and so that's 300 manuscript pages too so that's yeah. like it's a thick fucking packet and um, i mean there's probably a lot to write about as a sexual sure, yeah, assault he's got a whole life story of getting you know sexually assaulted by his son yeah but the whole time I kept thinking when he's like handing out the the book to people that like the next scene was going to be him trying to kill himself. Yeah. And I am surprised that that's not where it was going. Right. And I, I wonder. Because then it's like, what was his plan when right. somebody read the book was for them to then come run up to, to him his and publisher. be like, hey, so this, this sure sucked, <laughs> yeah. buddy. You all right? Yeah. Like what was supposed to happen if somebody read it? Right. I assume he was going to publish it or something. I don't know, because he's a poet. Yeah. He, he's a writer, so he was probably leaving to do something like publish it, but... And the first not... time you see it, he even has, like, a little post-it note on it that says, like, please forgive me. Yeah. To his wife. To his Joan. wife, yeah. So it's like, I don't know. It definitely felt like maybe he had, like, cut that at some point. Like, it was going to be that he was going to kill himself. And right. then at some point, he's like, that's maybe too much. <laughs> or it's... It, Maybe he, because it's like, again, it's a student film, so you have to assume he's making choices a little bit as a kid, almost. Like, yeah. I'm trying to remember, because I went to film school, I'm trying to remember what I would have done. But I wonder if he was like, well, killing himself seems obvious. Right. So maybe he'll get hit accidentally and he'll die, and maybe that'll be less obvious. Yeah. Which is like, I think just more emotionally, it would have made sense to, to have him kill himself. But um, I think besides that decision to do the, a weird shitty shot of him getting hit by a car um for no real reason yeah um i think the movie is really well done um incredibly well directed in terms of acting um looks good yeah there's a good like the sound is re- the music is really cool music is cool sound design a little less so i noticed when in that last scene when she's like beating him to death with the fire poker that yeah. no matter how she swings it, it makes the exact same noise every time it hits. Yep. <laughs> it's almost like very 80s horror movie all yeah, of a sudden. Yeah, 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 totally. And I guess kind of the film gives it that vibe too. And like, 
if you're really going to go down that path, like the costuming is kind of very similar to like early 80s slasher mm-hmm. type of shit. Yeah. There's like a very primary colory sort of like. Yeah. It looks, I mean, it looks fake as hell and that's kind of the point. Yeah. It's got a weird surrealness to it right off the bat mm-hmm. because of what everyone's wearing. Yeah. Which um, I think is a cool decision. Yeah. Uh, and it ends up sort of cool in Midsommar. Which but, now I have to fucking go watch. Yeah. So uh, my question to you is, so I watched this movie mm-hmm. in 2011 and then Hereditary came out and I was like, that guy got a Hollywood movie? Yeah. So what was the story Sh- between this and that? Shocked. What? what like, how did he get Yeah, it? between the two, did he like work on other stuff as like a, you know, he's uh, like working his way up the industry? Yeah. As far as I remember, he um did a few more shorts um i don't actually know what his like behind the scenes story was um i know that 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 strange things about the johnsons got a ton of attention yeah so that makes sense oh yeah yeah he um he did a few other shorts um that are sort of also like munchausen he did a short called munchausen okay um which is about a guy trying to go to college and his mom who's like basically trying to do munchausen by proxy yeah you know um just like family abuse shit and then if you've seen hereditary also about abuse um and i think so did you, you didn't know that I don't know anything about either movie. Okay. I just know that people liked them and that I missed them in the theaters and that I haven't been able to find him streaming. Yeah, I forgot. I've actually watched every short he's done. <laughs> um, I thought I thought I was thinking of um, the guy who did Thunder Road because I've also seen all of his shorts. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, he did a bunch of shorts and I was a fan of all of his shorts just from 2011 to 2018. Um, and apparently it was just like, how did this guy finally get a movie? And then it, I, I was like day one in the theater. I was yeah. like, I'm ready to see whatever this was. And surprisingly, it's great. Uh, and so then it's Hereditary and then Midsommar is the second one. Hereditary, yes. Hereditary is about, trying not to spoil too much, but it's about parental abuse disguised as a horror movie. Okay. Um, and it is a horror movie. It's There's supernatural elements to it. Right. But... Um, it's all sort of in service of talking about how abuse affects generations. Um, and it's really uncomfortable and powerful in the same way. Um, and I think that's why people like it is because it's um, a movie that is very clearly about something more uncomfortable than a yeah. regular horror movie. Like in the same way, like Rosemary's baby is like maybe kind of about control and abuse of like this woman. Oh um, yeah. We talked about Rosemary's baby, didn't we? That I I watched it like last month for yeah, the first yeah. <laughs> time. I'd never seen it before, and the whole time I was watching it, I kept uh, mistaking it for. I think I was mistaking it for The Exorcist, The Omen, or The Omen. That's right, yeah, The yeah. Omen. Yeah, you're like, where's and the so baby? The whole time the I'm just kid? like, where's this goddamn baby? <laughs> <laughs> and then finally, at the end, the baby comes, and then credits roll, and you're yeah. just like, the fuck? <laughs> right, because it's about being gaslit. And it's about no, for of- sure. I just like the whole. T- I think I just like ruined my own viewing experience by having so much expectation for the baby. <laughs> right, and it's funny because Hereditary was marketed as a creepy girl movie. Oh, really? Yeah, like the the little girl in the movie is like weird looking and like just kind of like looks in the corner and like. So they had all this footage of the, like, what can we do with this trailer? Uh-huh. And it's definitely one of those movies that is like how do you market this movie? And it was released in January, January 21st. They definitely dumped it because they did not know how to market it. And it's one of those movies. Um, 
because it's barely a horror movie. It's horrifying, but it's like there's no scary kid. There's no jump scares in the whole movie. Right. It's just fucked up. <laughs> um, so, yeah, they just kind of went with the scary girl movie. And a lot of people went and saw it thinking it was going to be a scary girl movie. And then something happens 20 minutes in. You're like, well, <laughs> I guess it's not that. Huh. Um, and then you're like, what is this? And then it destroys your life. Uh, and then Midsommar is sort of Wicker Man, but about breakups. Okay. Um, so he he he's kind of in this little niche now where he's making horror movies. He's making his weird shit that yeah. he, like this, but packaged and disguised as horror movies. Well. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited for you to watch those. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to try to find them again. Yeah, they're a good yeah. time. So, strange thing about the Johnsons, would you recommend? No. <laughs> no, I wouldn't. Um, I'm sorry I made you watch it. I mean... I don't know. It's good. I don't know that it's like, I don't know that I would say it's good enough. In terms of like filmmaking. In terms of filmmaking, in terms of like general entertainment value, like to watch a movie about a dude raping his dad. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know. If the guy's got like good movies, I'd say watch those. Sure. (laughs) I don't think I'd recommend it. I, it's definitely good and I can see why people like it. Hmm. Well, I I think I think it's fair because it's definitely a movie that I think is wanting to make you uncomfortable. Yeah. And I think because it is a student film and isn't like a director working at like the top of their powers kind of comes off as like edgelordy. Yeah. Um in certain places. And if I think if I didn't know cuz I think I saw it at like 23 or whatever. Right. <laughs> um and I was like it's a little edgelordy, but I like it. Like I'm, I'm here for that. Yeah. And now I think if I didn't know, if I saw it now, it, and I didn't know Ari Aster seemed like a very genuine person who wasn't like a shithead. Right. I'd be like, what is, what is this? Yeah. And like, what are you trying to do here? Because I feel it makes you feel uncomfortable. I think if you're a fan of his work already mm. and you haven't seen this, I would recommend seeing it. Yeah. Because I think that this is a very interesting peer into a person's mind. And now that I know that like hereditary is about abuse and like that, this is kind of what his vibe is. I could see how this would be an interesting like perspective into those movies later. And I almost feel like I'd like to watch those movies and then come back and see this again. Mm. But I think if you do, if you either don't like those movies or haven't seen them, don't recommend this. Yeah, I think that's fair. <laughs> I, I definitely think that's fair. I think that because I have to remember that not everyone is a sicko like me. Like if you're not into being, being gay with your dad. Yeah, if you're not into being gay with your dad or feeling very uncomfortable by movies, like if you didn't like Todd Salon's happiness or mm-hmm. life during wartime or like if you didn't watch Sallow because you thought that maybe it would make you feel weird. Like, yeah, don't watch it. Like it's go- it's about being it's about raping a dad like it's weird and it's gross so definitely it's for a specific kind of person but if anything that we said and it kind of doesn't like i don't know it doesn't necessarily seem to even have a perspective on the son as a person interesting i don't know i need to like form this thought (laughs) a little more it's okay no i mean i think he doesn't have much else about him is that what you mean like yeah it doesn't explore anybody as a character very much right outside of like the dad's a poet mm -hmm. you know he has a wife seems like a sort of ineffectual sort of yeah guy but it doesn't show like the impact it has 
mm. on their you lives for very like, much. But I guess it's a short, so like you can't really do that. It's much. hard. I mean, that's the problem with shorts is because it's like, well, what do you criticize about it if you're not allowed to criticize? Because maybe you should have picked a story that you could tell in 30 minutes. Yeah, I, you know. So it's like I think there's both sides of that coin where it's like, yeah, well, he tries to cover basically like a whole life of this rapist. Yeah, um, and you're going to have to cut stuff and you're going to have to show specific things. So, I mean, in, for me, I think as a short, it leaves me with enough to think about and enough to feel where I was like, nothing has ever made me feel. When I saw it, I was like, nothing has ever made me feel this way. Yeah. And I spent my film school trying to make people feel things that are that dark. Right. Um, and so I was like, wow, good job doing that. But I do think that there are, it's not perfect. It's, it's, yeah. it's, it may not even be like great, it's, but it's an interesting attempt. Yeah, it's an interesting attempt. Yeah, um, I would say yeah. There's definitely like an ambition to it that's very impressive. Mm-hmm. The fact that somebody ever tried to make this movie <laughs> is quite impressive. Yeah, and then did it, and, and then did it, and, and it, went through with it all. Yeah, yeah, and and it wasn't, and it's not embarrassingly bad. Yeah, but, like the fact that it is watchable and the acting is good and it is you know competently directed i think is is impressive and i i like to i like it i think it's a very weird thing that i'm glad exists yeah well with that yeah thank you for listening (laughs) to generation loss yeah uh should we talk about bonus stuff yeah so you may have noticed we didn't do movie news this week um so we are uh starting a patreon and um shocker yeah surprise we'd (laughs) like to be compensated for our labor um (laughs) yeah (laughs) cry about it so uh we're starting <laughs> patreon we're gonna do movie news uh as episodes for the bonus feed uh if you have other stuff you want to see in a bonus show fucking tweet at us at gen Lost pod let us know what you think um but the link for that will be in the description of this okay do we have a url yet for the patreon yeah uh yes it might not be up by the time you listen to this but uh we'll 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 post it on our twitter follow us on twitter you'll you'll see it and it'll probably be a little while until it actually we start doing that bonus content but we're announcing now that we are going what we're going to do is mostly movie news not cover a specific movie and move that to the bonus stuff right because unless there's like some major news story that we have to do a regular episode on then we'll do a reverse and we'll do movie Mm -hmm. news as the regular episode on movie behind the paywall yes so you know that'll be talking our takes on the current day movie uh releases and and industry shenanigans yeah um which we've been doing for the past eight episodes and, and the if, episodes are too long way too long so, so if you want us to if you want to hear that shit you better you're gonna have to get out all over to the fucking patreon <laughs> It was nice to talk to you. This has been Generation Loss. I'm Bryn at Kinomatography. That's Jeremy at Jeremy Thunder. Follow us at Generation Loss. And then soon hit up our Patreon. Please rate and review us on iTunes. And we will see you next time. Goodbye. Love you. Bye. Well, I made that at the American Film Institute um, as my thesis my thesis film. And, and I, I loved my time at AFI. Um, but they are like the industry school, and they they are trying to replicate like what the industry, like what what the what the system is. And um, when you first come into AFI, they'll show you like the thesis films they're proud of, and they're very. 
politically correct like Oscar movies. They're very well made, but they are they like they feel like like they're gunning for an Oscar, even though they're 20 minutes long. And again, some of them are really great. Um, but I something I don't know. It's it's in me to see that and then think, well, what's the worst thing I can do here? Mm-hmm.